Good afternoon, everybody. How are we doing? Merry Christmas. All right. It is Christmas Day in a few more hours. But, uh, man, we are glad that you're here. Thanks for being here. Those of you that are in this room, thanks for showing up in the midst of a pandemic to celebrate with us. All of you that are at home, you're online. Maybe you're one of those guys that waited till now to go shopping and you're in the line at Target. Turn the volume up. Let everybody around you hear it. They probably need this right now. But wherever you may be watching from, we are glad that you're with us today as we celebrate together. Hey, a couple things I want to bring to your attention before uh, we get into our topic today. First, uh, at the end of the year, we do an end of the year offering. And what we do is anything that comes in over and beyond our normal expenses, we like to give that back out to the community at large. And so there's two things this is going to. First, it's going to Love Nova. Uh, Love Nova is a program that we started this year. And so money that comes in uh, for Love Nova over this past year, we've been using that to help our community with food resources, with financial resources, a lot of counseling for those that need counseling during this tough time. Uh, so we're going to continue to give towards that. And so some of this money will go towards Love Nova. Uh, the rest of it will go to a new playground here at The Journey. Uh, now, we're not looking just to build some cool playground that all the kids can play on. Uh, this is going to be an inclusive playground, which means kids or families who have kids with special needs they can actually play on this playground too. We want all kids to just have an opportunity to have fun and play. And so money's going to make that happen this year. It's one of our big projects. And so as you give this year, as you think about that, you've got till December 31st to do that. We pray that you'll jump in and be a part of that as we give back to our community. Uh, two more things, no services on Sunday. Uh, we're taking a break, a little Sabbath for our church. And then we start a brand new series called Better on January the 3rd, because we all need a better 2021, right? Uh, and so we hope that you'll come and join us 9, 10:30 a.m. online, and at this time still in person. We hope you'll be a part of that. Uh, as I get started today, I mean, it's Christmas. Tomorrow is a big day, and uh, as we think about Christmas, you know, one of the most fun parts of of Christmas time is the airing of grievances. Okay, so we're gonna nobody watch a Seinfeld. Nobody. Man. Okay. You guys need to go watch Seinfeld. You understand Festivus and all that kind of fun stuff. But anyway, it's not really Festivus and it's not really area of grievances. It's actually when you open gifts you don't expect, right? There's the gifts you've asked for and you get those gifts. And you're like, oh, this is cool. I asked for it. And, and then there's the gifts you open. You're like, man, I didn't never thought I was going to get this. It's kind of like, you know, you, you wake up on Christmas morning and, and you look out the, the window and you look out there on the, on the driveway and there's that brand new Lexus with the big old red bow on it because everybody gets that, I guess. Yeah, it's like, whoa, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that, honey. Thank you so much. But it's those unexpected gifts that we get that just kind of bring some excitement to the Christmas day. As I think about unexpected gifts, I also realize this has been an unexpected year. For every single one of us, this has been a totally unexpected year. As I was thinking about this this past week, I was thinking about this church. And I was thinking about where we were back in January and February 2020. I mean, if you were a part of the journey at that point in time, I mean, it's good, crazy God stuff at play. But, but it's just absolutely amazing what was happening here. We had just gone to three services. We were averaging about 720 people every single Sunday. Parking lot was packed. Um, it, new people just showing up like in groups on Sunday morning. If you had kids or teenagers, they were downstairs. And, and you know, there's just kids jammed all over the place and teenagers jammed in their classroom. And it smelled like Axe body spray too. But I mean, just all kinds of stuff going on. It was just absolutely amazing. 
And then when as a staff, we're like, what are we going to do? Because people keep coming and we're talking about having, do we have to add a, a fourth service? And not only that, you know, how are we going to handle four services? And how will we handle Easter when it comes? Because people are just going to show up like crazy. But then the unexpected happened. A group of us from here at The Journey, myself, a couple of staff people, some of our leaders, we were flying down to Orlando for a church planning conference. And I'm on the plane flying down, and I'm in my seat on the aisle, and I look over to the guy beside me, and it's a businessman. He's, he's dressed up, ready for business stuff, and he, he's not sitting, though. He's standing. And in his hand, he's got this box of Clorox wipes. I'm like, what is he doing? And he starts wiping down his seat, and he wipes down the armrest, and he wipes down the seat beside him. Thankfully, nobody was there. And he wipes down the seat in front of him, pulls down a tray. He wipes all that off. He wipes the seat in front of him beside the seat in front of him and starts wiping it off. He starts wiping between the seats in front of him, even gets some of the armrests where the people in front are kind of like, what, is, what are you doing? He starts wiping the top of the, the, the airplane there, and he's wiping the little handles and the fan, and he's wiping the, the lights. And I'm sitting there thinking... This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, because deep down, I'm just chuckling. I'm laughing like, I know I've kind of heard about this virus, but buddy, I think we're going to be okay. Come to find out later, he was probably the smartest man on that plane. I mean, 2020 has been totally unexpected for all of us. This pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, we're locked down in our homes, or we're quarantined in our homes, and and not just for a couple of weeks, because let's be honest, we thought at the beginning, this is going to be a pretty quick thing. It's going to be here. It's going to be gone. We can go back to life as normal. And that never happened. I mean, here we are still 10 months later, still in the midst of this pandemic. And things still haven't really changed. What else has been unexpected? Our loneliness. Uh, the depression that many of us have felt. Uh, the feeling of, am I going to make it? Is my job still going to be here in, in the next couple of months or even the next couple of days? And we're worried about our finances and all of this is going on around us. Not, not to mention sickness, not to mention some having to go to the hospital. And as Gary said a little bit earlier, we've seen people die and pass away this year because 2020 has been totally unexpected. Now, I know this is one of those days where we like to say Merry Christmas, right? And everybody's happy and jovial and it's full of joy. It's like Merry Christmas. But, but the reality is this has been a messy Christmas. And it still will be. Because some of us had plans to go visit family. And we can't do that now. We've decided to stay home. Or they've asked us to stay home. Maybe you had these big Christmas plans. And on Christmas Day, you go out to dinner and you go see a movie. You go hang out somewhere. And, and now you had to cancel all of that. So you're kind of stuck at home, figuring things out. Christmas is pretty messy this year. But as we think about the messiness of this year that we've just experienced, as we think about how messy Christmas is for us this year, I believe there's one thing that so many of us are missing. There's one thing that if we can understand this, if we can hold on to this, this one thing, it will totally change our feelings about this year. It'll, it'll help kind of pull us out of this messiness that is our lives. As you can see in front of me here, um, I, I have a nativity scene. I, I think this is one of the best nativity scenes there is because it's the little people nativity scene. And if you've had this in your home, you know how kind of cool this whole thing is. Um, but this nativity scene represents this one thing that we're, we're talking about tonight, hope. That in an unexpected year, in a messy year, at a time of a messy Christmas, there is still 
this incredible hope. And you know where we find this hope from? You know where we're introduced to that hope? Through these shepherds. Now, now I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what's going on up here. We're going to read the shepherds today. That's why we sang those songs a little bit earlier. But as I do that, let me kind of put some things in perspective here. I talked about this last week. Uh, we had the wise men. They're hanging out over on this side. And, uh, you know, there's three of them here. We don't know how many there were. There may have been 300, may have been 12, may have been three. But they actually weren't here for this part of the whole Jesus being born. And so, again, if your nativity scene has wise men, it doesn't mean it's broken. It's not, you know, it's, you got to throw it out because they weren't there. It's good. They're part of the story, and that's why we have them there. But they were actually probably traveling. They were in the area of Iraq, um, Iran, and uh, they were having to travel about uh, 900 miles to go, about six months to, to get to Bethlehem to see Jesus. But they don't see him until he's in a home. So we know that they're not there. So they're out here traveling somewhere out in the desert. But then we have this other group. We have these shepherds, okay? And, and we're going to focus on these guys because, man, their, their role in this is so incredible and important and fits when it comes to hope and messiness. We read about them in Luke chapter 2. Luke 2, 8, it says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And so we have these shepherds. And they're out here doing their job, out in the fields. They're watching these sheep. Now, you had to be sold out for this job. This wasn't some job that uh, you could go 9 to 5 and work 40 hours a week. This job was constant. This was morning, noon, night, all the time. So you had to be fully sold out to be a shepherd. Which you can imagine, if that's your life, and you're kind of away from everyone else, it was a tough life, too. I want to share with you some of the things these guys would have had to go through to be shepherds because there were so many disconnects. And one of the disconnects for them would have been societal disconnects. They would have seen themselves as unworthy of having relationships with other people. Um, part of that was, for many shepherds, uh, they had a pretty checkered past. Uh, some were slaves uh, some were just the youngest son in the family, and that was kind of your job if you were the youngest. But most were thieves. So they, they came out of the world of thievery, okay, if that's even a word. They came out of that world, and, and so they were thieves, and so they weren't trusted at all. And so in a court of law, these guys couldn't go up and say, like, hey, I saw what happened. They're like, what's your occupation? Shepherd, up, oh, you're out. We don't trust you. And even if you didn't have a background where you were a thief, hey, guess what? You were still not trusted if you were a shepherd. The society looked down at them because of that checkered path that they had. But then they were gone all the time. It was hard for them to have relationships with other people because they were so isolated, being out in the fields, being out in the wilderness. They were isolated from others. And then not to mention they're dirty because they're working with sheep and they're outside all the time and they're around each other. And so they're stinky and they're dirty and they're nasty. People are like, please stay away. And so they looked at themselves like, hey, we're, we're unworthy of these connections and these relationships with other people. But then there was this emotional toll that it took on these shepherds, too. They felt like they were unworthy of love. Some of that was romantic love, actually. Um, love, actually, I put that together. That's a Christmas movie, by the way. Let's see if I can work Die Hard in here at some point, okay? Is that good? But, um, but, but these dads, if you were a shepherd and you went to a dad, like, hey, I want, I want to marry your daughter. Dads, again, were like, what's your profession? I'm a shepherd. They're like, get out of my house. Now, they looked at these shepherds as lowlifes, and like, I'm not going to let my daughter marry someone who has a job of, of a shepherd. 
And then there was this love with other people. I mean, just the, the connection with, with other human beings. These shepherds were seen to be unclean because of the work they did. And so if they touched you or you touched them, you had to go to the temple, go through this huge purification process that took a ton of time and a lot of effort. People are like, we don't want to do that to be clean, so can you just, can you just stay away from us? And so now they see themselves as not only be unworthy of others, they're unworthy of, of love from anybody. But then there's this religious disconnect too. They felt like they were unworthy of God. Like everybody else could go to the temple, everybody else could do the rites and the rituals and everything they had to do being Jewish. These guys were always working. And then the Sabbath day would come and everybody else was like, oh man, this is a day we just got to chill out. We just got to sit down. We just got to rest. We just got to be in God's presence. These guys couldn't tell the sheep like, hey, can you take a day off? Can you just stay right where you are and not move? Because man, we would love to, to celebrate the Sabbath. The sheep are like, take care of us, provide for us, protect us. And so these guys couldn't take the Sabbath off either. And so here they are, they look at God and they're like, man, we're, we're spiritual failures. We're not worthy of God. You look at these shepherds, you think about their life, you think about their experiences. It was a struggle. It was this incredible struggle that they had being in the position that they were in. But then they have this unexpected announcement. Look at verse 9. It says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Now, where's their safe space? Their safe place is, is there in the wilderness, right? It's out on the fields. They don't feel safe in town because everybody looks at them weird and talks about them and laughs at them and makes fun of them. They don't want to be in town. Their safe place is out in the fields, out in the wilderness. And, and every night was the same. It was quiet. It was dark. They would, they would find time to rest because it had been a long day that day. I mean, everything you think of, they're listening for, for predators who may be prowling around trying to eat their sheep. So they're thinking about all that, and all of a sudden this angel shows up and changes everything. <laughs> this angel has this incredible announcement for these shepherds. And here's that announcement. Because again, these guys are terrified, right? There's fear that they have because something has changed their, their normal life. Verse 10 says, But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. What's the first thing this angel does? This angel says, hey, let me alleviate your fear. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm not here to scare you. I'm not here to terrify you. I'm here to tell you this incredible, incredible news that the Savior, this Messiah, has been born. Here's what happens. Verse 13. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. It's like this concert breaks out in heaven, right? In the sky above them. It's not like they were a little terrified before. Now they're a lot terrified because there are a lot of these angels around. And they're singing and they're praising God. And it's like this incredible, incredible concert. And so, again, I think there's some fear. But have you ever been to a concert where everybody knows the words to the songs? And everybody starts singing? Then, if you've done that before, you've been there before, doesn't it give you chills? Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking these guys... 
they're still a little afraid. But now there's these chills from this experience that they're having with those angels there who are singing. Here's what it says. Verse 14. Excuse me, we just did that. Verse 15 says, When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go into Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They heard to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. So what do these guys do? They hear this incredible story. They hear about this event. They hear about this Savior that's been born. So they take off from the fields, and they head to the stable to see this baby Jesus. Of course, they bring their sheep because they have to provide and protect them too. They can't leave them out there. So they're with them, right? So you have these sheep, and you have these shepherds, and they're there. And they, they get to meet this Messiah. They get to, to meet the hope of all humanity. Verse 17. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. They get this unexpected news. They then take that news and head to town, probably with their sheep around them somewhere because they provide and protect them. And, and so they're there in town, and what are they doing? They're telling everybody. It kind of seems it's sort of the middle of the night, and you can imagine these guys running through town and yelling and screaming, like, we got great news, and, and they're telling everybody about this news. They're telling everybody about this Savior that's been born, this hope of all the world, and people are like, who are you guys? Aren't you the shepherds? Aren't you the people we don't want to have? Can you... Can you leave town? They're like, no, 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 we've got to tell you this. And so they tell them all about the events that had taken place with the angels there with Jesus. And then I love this part. So then they went back to work. Like, we've got a job to do. This is amazing what we've just experienced, but it's time for us to go back and take care of our sheep, to provide for them and to protect them just like we did before. I find it interesting that God chose those shepherds to be the people that he goes to tell this announcement to. Like, you've got the emperor in Rome. That sounds like a pretty good start. Why not, why not tell the emperor? Why, why not tell King Herod there in Jerusalem? Why not go into the, the town there, Bethlehem, and tell all the wealthy people? I mean, they've got the means to get this news out. But God chooses the lowest of the low. The, the most messy group that you can think of, God chooses those shepherds to be the one that he makes this unexpected announcement about the hope of the world coming into the lives of humanity. These guys were messy. I mean, they were messy people. They had messy lives. They had messy pasts. I mean, they were just messy. They were here in this messy world, and, and yet God chose them to tell the events of this baby being born. That was definitely unexpected. Here we are in 2020, and I know it's not the year any of us expected. We were looking forward to big stuff. I mean, in your business world, you were probably like, this is Vision 2020, and we're going to have an incredible year, and all these opportunities, and all of that has changed. And we're living in this unexpected world right now. And, and one of the questions that I have for us, especially as we finish up this year and as we think about Christmas, is how do you handle the unexpected? How do you handle it? Because many of us, we kind of handle it like the shepherds. We're terrified. There's a lot of fear. 
We're, we're afraid of, of what the future may hold. We're afraid of what the present holds. And, and we ask a lot of questions about what ifs and how is this going to affect me and what is this going to look like for, for me in a few weeks or a few months in a, or a, this year? What is this going to do to me? And so we live in this perpetual fear. So really we're not much different than these shepherds. And, and when we have this kind of fear, again, kind of like the shepherds, it leads to us questioning a lot about our faith. Our faith is, is tattered. Our relationships are strained. Our emotions, we struggle with them. Why? Oh, because we carry so much fear in a time where there's so much things that are unexpected happening around us. Yet again, in this messiness, we have to remember there is still incredible hope. There's hope. If 2020 has taught us anything, there are unexpected moments that we have to live through. And listen, that's all of us together. But at the same time, if there's one thing I can leave with you this evening, it's that there's still hope. That we don't have to live in fear. That we don't have to look at our lives and think we're unworthy. That we don't have to say, man, I'm so messy that there's no way that there's a God who would love me or people who would care for me. Here's the deal. There's still hope. And that's the one thing that we can hold on to. And that hope was born there in that little town of Bethlehem. And the people who heard about the story first weren't the people we would go to. It was these shepherds, these, these, in that culture, lowlifes, that God comes to and says, you're perfect. You're perfect to hear the story of my son being born. And you're perfect to hear this announcement. Now I want you to go see what this hope looks like there's one other thing about these shepherds though that i find pretty incredible scholars say that the sheep that these shepherds were watching were not just any sheep Um, scholars say based on the time of year based on the greek that we find here in luke and and based on the location of these shepherds and their flock that these were probably the temple sheep now, now, why would that be important? Well, one, it's the time of year where sheep are giving birth to lambs. And so you've got that aspect of it. So these shepherds are watching a lot of different sheep and watching these lambs. But, but the deal with the temple sheep was that every year, those of you that were Jewish and you were a good Jew, you had to go to Jerusalem and had to go to the temple. And you had to offer up one of those lambs for your sins for the year before. This is how you ask God for forgiveness. And the temple would, won't go into details, it would take care of that lamb for you, and, and you could give forgiveness of, of your sins because of that. Well, well, scholars say that these sheep here were temple sheep, and they're having temple lambs. So these lambs that they're watching are pretty important. Because if you came into town and you didn't have money for, or excuse me, you didn't bring a sheep with you or a lamb with you, or if they looked at your lamb and it was blemished, they would tell you, hey, you need to purchase one of our special unblemished temple lambs, and then you can go into the temple and take care of this. And so that's what many people did. They would just show up without one. But these sheep that these shepherds are watching more than likely are holding those same lambs. Which me, if you put all this together, they're watching these lambs for the temple for forgiveness of sins. And yet God says, you know who needs to know this announcement first? Those shepherds. They think the lambs that they're watching are most important, but the lamb that's most important was just born today. So he invites them into this place to see this lamb. 
to, to see this, this, this person, this Messiah, this King for all humanity, the hope of the world. The hope wasn't with those sheep anymore. It wasn't with those lambs. The hope would be with Jesus. As you look back at this year, as you think about the unexpected things that have happened over the course of the last 10 months and probably a few more months to go, I I pray, I hope that you find hope through Jesus. We can go looking everywhere else for it. We're not going to find it. We'll find it here. In an unexpected year, there's incredible hope. In the messiness of our lives, there is amazing hope. And that hope only comes through following Jesus. I pray you can hold on to that. I pray as you look at your life and you think about your life and you think about this year, that you can hold on to this one hope. And not just for today or tomorrow, a few days later, but for the rest of your life. Because that hope, it brings us eternity. We're going to do something a little different right now. We're going to actually sing a worship song together. And, uh, and as we, we do that, um, I just want you to take in these words. The name of the song is The Blessing. And man, these words are just so powerful. Just such a reminder of the hope that we have because of Jesus Christ, that in our messiness, there is incredible, incredible hope. So here's what I'm going to do. If you're at home right now, we invite you to go get your communion elements. Uh, If you're here, you should have received one of these communion packets when you came in. We're going to take it in a second, but I'm going to invite you to stand right now. And as you stand, the band's going to lead us in this song. We're going to sing this song together. Sing it out. Read those words. Let them just soak in as we soak in the hope that comes from Christ. And then I'll come out and we'll take communion together.